Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another edition of Dementia in Black and White. And in this week's episode, we are going to really talk about the importance of the health care, not for your loved one, but for you as a caregiver. And who better to talk about health care for a caregiver than someone who was in the healthcare field? We're going to talk to a nurse, Nurse Hazel Tanner. I'm going to bring her in in just a moment on this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. All right. All right. You heard it in the intro. We are going to have an interview with someone today. And this is someone who I've just been calling Nurse Tanner for a while, but her name is Miss Hazel Tanner. And I want to properly introduce you to her and tell you a little bit about who she is before we start talking about this issue of health for you as a caregiver. Let me tell you about Nurse Tanner. Ms. Hazel Tanner received her BSN from Dillard University in New Orleans, her Master's of Public Health from the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She is a retired licensed school nurse from the Minneapolis Public School System. She is currently involved with the Minnesota Black Nurses Association, among other things, another group, the Integrated Care High Risk Pregnancy Initiative for African-American Women. She is also uh, involved with the Minnesota Black Social Workers Association. And if you thought that retirement didn't have her being active, that's not all. She is also an AARP state volunteer and the president of the Sabathany chapter of AARP currently. In addition to that, Ms. Tanner was also a certified group fitness instructor and personal trainer at the YWCA, where she worked with a wellness program for women, providing a 12-week session of health education and exercise programs. And she also developed a curriculum to train women to become certified fitness instructors. So that's the type of advice we can get into today, not for us to become certified, but at least for us to understand a little bit more about fitness. So let us welcome to the podcast today for the first time, Nurse Hazel Tanner. Nurse Tanner, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. You are absolutely welcome. So just before we get into some of the specifics around healthcare screenings and what things we need to pay attention to. Can you just share with us a little bit about your journey? Because I happen to know, because uh, we are in a support group is how I know you. I'll put that out there and that you had a little bit of a journey yourself as a caregiver for your mother. Can you talk about that before we get started? Sure. My mom, um, she was living independently until she was about age of, I want to say 94, 95 in New Orleans um, and then she, uh, I noticed that she was forgetting stuff and wasn't doing as well. So my sisters and I, we, mom loved to travel. She always traveled with us. So we shared, my oldest brother was caretaking mom at home. I mean, she lived in the house myself, but my brother always was there checking on her several times a day during the day. Uh, he, my brother at the time was also caretaking his wife who had some, some health concerns. So anyway, with our sisters, my sisters and I, we got together saying, Norman, 
that's Moses' brother's name, had enough on his hand. So we started um, taking uh, care, of, care of mom. So she used to fly to Minnesota and spend a couple of months up here with us. I had my sister lives with me here in Minnesota. So we split the time between our houses. And then she'll spend time at my sister's house in California. So mama can then go back home for a couple of months so she can touch base at our church with her friends. And what I would do, I'll be in the summertime and I would uh, fly home because I was retired by then, take care of mom at home. So we, we shared uh, the caretaking. So mama, it was like a good, big trip for her. Because again, you always still travel several times a year going different places, uh, but she also traveled away from home to be with her daughters. So, um, and then this last, she um, uh, made a transition in 2020 and she was staying here with me at the house. Um, and what happened was that she, and my, and my kids could back up. Mom has always been healthy. So she never had any really uh, problems. She had a few pills that she'd taken. She was also, she was, used to be funny about that. I don't <laughs> take all these pills. I say, well, Take the amount of pills my baby sister takes a lot of pills. They say you want to take the medicine Gerald take or girl shit up. So anyway, she was pretty pretty independent. It's just that she had to make sure that she was eating three squares a day. You know, and she takes a bath, she was able to bathe herself and stuff like that. So my mom was a hundred when she passed. She was four months shy of a hundred and one when she passed. And uh when she passed, when about a couple of weeks before she passed, she was starting complaining about but not, I mean, not being hungry. And I know she hadn't eaten that much. And I said, Mom, you came before because you haven't eaten. So anyway, I took her to the doctor to get some lab work done. And so we were going back to get a re- uh, follow-up appointment. And we had an accident where she, the chair that I was pushing in, the sidewalk had an a, a, a edge to it, and the chair fell back. And so she hit her head on the sidewalk mm-hmm. as we going into the building. Mm-hmm. So long story short, uh, Lincoln, she didn't break the skull, but during the x-rays that they were taken on her body, by the neck, around the neck, they found some suspicious stuff on the top of her lungs. Well, further investigations had met metastatic cancer in the lung and the liver, and mm. we never knew she had any cancer at all. Wow. Um, so this was on June 23rd, 2020, and uh, the doctors say that she didn't have Longs, I call my siblings, so all of us were together up here in Minnesota. So to me, she um, recovered. I mean, she, she still had the head, the headache and stuff like that. But um, she was with all, all of us and my daughter. So she had all her kids with her, sound around it with her, having a good time, mm-hmm. you know, laughing and talking, reminiscing. And about two days before she passed, it's like she can't went into her sleep. Um, so we had a memorial service for us right here at the house. Uh, for her, um, but we're going to, this year, July 15th, this year, we're going to New Orleans to have a memorial service at the church that she was in for, for over 50, some 70 years, um, um, so we're going to have that, but the caretaking part, um, it was daily 24-7, like I said, with my sisters and I, mm-hmm. we, did, we had a calendar that we marked out for the year, for the, we did a yearly thing, I have a younger sister, but we all kind of organized that's one of the things mama had taught us how to do so we organized it out so that we know it it didn't fall on any one um, burden on one person Um, we also started um, uh, uh, like a savings account 
for mom. We called her Dot Seven. Mom's name was Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Dot Seventy. So before she even got uh, sick, when she was living by herself at home, we started this account so that if anything came up, um, emergency bills came up or something happened, that again, we wouldn't have to come out in one person's pocket. So what we did was um, we all done, uh, did, uh, deposited a certain amount every year into that account. And so it was strictly for mom's account. So when we had vacation, mom didn't have to pay. It came out of that account. So wow. you know, we paid all the stuff. So that was a good thing that we started my way back when, and it worked out fine. Um, so I got to the calendar. We like marched out the calendar, vacation time. So if anything came up, so we mapped our schedule around the calendar. So, and then uh, when you're taking care of parents, even, you know, 24-7 is hard. So sometimes we have our support groups. So sometimes as a, if you're caring from parents, you know, then their personality kind of changes sometimes. So they can become belligerent or demanding. Mm-hmm. And so you don't take it out on them. <clears throat> you just call your, I call my sisters and my brothers and just vent with them. And then you go back and take care of your mom. So, and then so also you make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I and I can see in my background, I teach aerobics, I taught aerobics, so I still do exercise at home. So I make sure that I kept up with my exercising. Mm-hmm. Also, my R&R is soaking in the tub. <laughs> um, so I do my aromatherapy. But I have uh, four aromas that I use, like patchouli, vanilla, lang lang, and jasmine. So mm-hmm. I rotate those. So I have the bat salt and soak in the tub. So that's that's on the every day. I don't care what time of night. Day, mm. I, I'm going to get in the tub and soak. That's my R&R for rest and relaxation. So when mom was here, I make sure I have everything. She's, when I put it down for for the night, then I'll go and soak and, and spend some downtime for mm. myself. I read my book, watch TV, Perry Mason. I like Perry Mason. So. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I do that. So I, you do take care of yourself. And so if you need a break, like my sister lived here, uh, and if she's in town, you know, she'll go over to mom's. My mom can go over to her house if I needed a break within the time, um, within that two months of my time. You know, if I needed a break, then uh, Cheryl would come and take her, pick her up. Same mm-hmm. thing for my, my older sister, because I know when she had to go um, on vacation, mom was out there. So I just fly out there and take care of mom. So we gave, we gave each other respite. And so you really just want to make sure that you have that respite time built in for yourself. Very good. I tell you, what you've just described is a case study for how siblings in particular should go about handling a parent who is in need of care in that way. What a wonderful example of having that calendar so you're organized and having the responsibility shared between the siblings and that savings account. Another gem, a wonderful idea just so that those financial burdens don't fall on one person disproportionately. It's a general fund where everybody contributes to. Excellent, excellent. So good. You started to talk about the focus of this conversation, so it's an easy segue into talking about self-care, as you were just sharing at the end. You made sure to have time for yourself, 
for yourself with your bath salts and your aromatherapy. So let's back up a little bit and go broader. And let me ask, what health screenings would you recommend in terms of someone who is a caregiver, just so that if they're not doing that, having these regular self-care moments for them, that they are at least getting some I don't know. What do you recommend? Annual, quarterly? What type of screenings do you recommend people get who are the care partner? Well, you want to do annual annual screenings um, for yourself, whether you're taking care of somebody or not. Uh, to me, that's a given. You want to um, take care of yourself. And so I've written them down. And of course, now I can't find my piece of paper. But I got this other one. Um, the general health screen, and I, and I, and I do want to make sure that you go over the list to the doctor. I mean, there's an African-American here. Um, we don't always get the standardized care when we go to the health care provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with groups now. We talk, I'm trying to address implicit and unconscious biases by health care providers or human service providers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there are a list of tests that you should be getting. Uh, on a re- on an annual basis, and so um, definitely your blood pressure because blood pressure is a is a silent high blood pressure is a silent killer. Mm. There's no symptom uh, of when when you start getting symptoms, then you've had problems for a long time. Uh, because if you start anything about having a headache or a stroke and stuff, um, that means that blood pressure is really zinging up there. Your your head is about to pop off. Mm. So that means you've had high blood pressure that's been creeping up all along. So if you want to get your blood pressure checked, and your normal blood pressure should be below 120 over 80. I've had too many physicians that keep saying 130, 140 over 90 is fine. Don't let them tell you that. <laughs> that is not fine. That's mm-hmm. not that your blood pressure is not being moderated. That means that that 90 number does that the diastolic should be at rest when your heart is at rest. So that number should be lower. Mm-hmm. So that means everything is working well. But if you have the 90. That means there's still tension in your cardiovascular system that's causing pressure within the cardiovascular system and your organs. So you want that below 80 to have the muscle relaxation. So if you're on blood pressure meds and the blood pressure is not coming down, then you need to redo the medications. And also modification, behavior modification, food modification, exercise. Because those three things and and reduction of stress, Exercise, adequate hydration, nutrition can also bring your blood pressure down without medication mm-hmm. if you follow those things and, and exercise. If you're overweight, you can lose weight because that extra weight is also the stress on the body. So mm-hmm. reducing the stress. So those three things, old school. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we do have to have medication uh, in the meantime to bring it down, especially if it's elevated. But once you start doing behavior modification, it should be able to say that you can reduce the amount of medication or completely get off if you if you follow the, the, the eat, sleep, reducing stress, exercise. So, and that's for most diseases. That's for the diabetes, obesity, um, in particular diabetes and obesity, because those two are precursors for other diseases. Mm. Uh, that can happen to you, for like cancer and further uh, bone. You know, We'll say bone, not degeneration, but the, the weight, especially obesity, the weight on the bones can cause problems. So you have degenerative um, disc, you're going to get that anyway, degenerative disc as you get older, but you can prevent that 
if you're exercising, you strengthen those muscles to keep those bones intact. Strength training keeps your bones intact. So I mean, lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you don't have to necessarily have weight, you can use your body weight for strength training. So it's not necessary. You don't have to go to a gym. Like I said, I used to teach. And I didn't always want to teach that people have to go to a gym. You know, I think you have gyms to exercise. Exercise at my house here five days a week, five to six days a week right in my basement. So you can use your steps for cardio, going up and down the steps. You can, If you like to dance, you can dance, get the heart rate up. So you want to do at least 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week. I know they start out at a minimum of three days a week, but you want to go at least five days a week. And you can do it in increments of 10 minutes a session at a time during the day. Even if watching TV, if you just jump around in, in commercial, commercials are five to six minutes long. If you turn jumping around, dancing, when the commercials are on, you'll get your steps in, 10,000 steps a day, as well as during your cardiovascular. Oh, man, so I thought you were going to say just watching TV is also a no. form of exercise. Well, well, you, well, you can if you watch it, if you're running while you're watching TV. You, <laughs> okay. You can watch TV and jump around. Yeah, you can. But let me get back to your test. So yes. you want your blood pressure, uh-huh. your lipids, you want to get cholesterol and triglyceride check. Uh, you know, if high elevated cholesterol is going to get a stroke because if those plaques break off, it can be a stroke, it can be a heart attack, it can be... Um, gangrene to your for your leg or your feet. If you have a clot that goes and block off the blood, then you have problems. You have a block into your bowels. You can it, it can it can cause uh, blockage. Again, you're gonna have the cells dying and that's because the high cholesterol, the thing is black and blocking off of mm. your blocking the arteries, uh the plaque. So colonoscopies, you wanna start and I know they started earlier uh, I think at 45, you definitely want to get go to have that done. Well, that's, a lot of people don't like the prep, but the prep is not as bad as getting cancer. So if you want to prevent the cancer, right. I would take the prep any day. Uh, there are some different various prep that you can use, uh, but do do the colonoscopy, especially if you have cancer uh, in the in the family, bowel cancer, uh, if it's in the family, then you want to be, want to start earlier. Mm. Um, and then is that one every five years? It's every five years, yes. Okay. Yes. So, one the vaccines, make sure you're up to date on your vaccine. I'm not just talking about the COVID, but you have your other vaccines, especially as an adult for tetanus. Most of us have had our, our vaccines as kids come going through the schools. But as adults, we want to make sure you get, you get your tetanus shot every 10 years, get cool. an annual flu shot. Um, so people kind of forget that tetanus shot as an adult, but you want to yeah. do it at every 10 years. And if that. you had your feet stuck with a nail, if you got working around the house and you're jack of all trades and get stuck and you want to make sure you get go get a check, see when the last time you had a tetanus shot. If it's longer than five years, you might want to get a tetanus shot just to prevent. So you want to check with your, your doctor to make sure if you need to boost that up that tetanus shot. If you've had an accident within the time, the last time you had a tetanus, mm-hmm. you want to get your vision checked. Uh, starting at least if you haven't gone to a doctor by at age forty, for definitely by age forty, as a baseline. Because age forty, at thirty nine and a half, you're twenty twenty. By the time you get to forty, you might have twenty forty. Twenty fifty vision. <laughs> it changes. Okay. I had a girlfriend. I remember she said last night everything was cool. I was thirty nine. When I was forty, it looked like everything dropped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. Watch those numbers. Well, you want to do that for the annual uh, vision. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the dentist. 
most important, go to the dentist. Dental hygiene, um, getting your teeth clean, uh, it's really important because you can get uh, bacteria can enter your, your blood system through your gums mm. around to a periodontal disease. Uh, and a lot of times uh, you can go into the bloodstream, you get the bacteria, you can have problems with your heart and your kidneys because of bacteria that's floated in from your cardiovascular into your cardiovascular system from the mouth. Mm. The mouth carries a lot of bacteria anyway, so you want to death keep peace. So you need to brush twice a day, in the morning and at night. You want to floss at, at least twice, minimum once a day. Mm. Uh, the doctor will say sometimes twice a day, but I do mine at night for sure. And I'm also a toothpick person, so I use a toothpick after every meal, almost getting food between the teeth. Uh, so if you're finding yourself having... Um, uh, breath problems, and if, if you don't floss, sometimes food that's lodged in your teeth can cause that stink in your mouth. Just because you brush your teeth does not mean you're getting the food out of the teeth in the teeth area. So between those spaces in the teeth, food does lodge in there. And so if you're having bad breath, halitosis galore, mm. you might want to consider during the, the flossing. They also have the little brushes that you can use to, to clean between the teeth. So there really is no excuse not doing that, but you want to floss because real tightness between the teeth, those little brushes won't get that, but the dental floss will. Because some food, some small particles can get trapped up in there. Um, you want to get your hearing tested, uh, especially people who nowadays who keep things loud volumes, you're causing problems to your, you know, your eardrums. So, so get your hearing tested. You want to get bone density, especially at the age of 65, your test. You want to get your test of vitamin D for deficiency. Um, and most people, uh, I've had a lot of people who are deficient in, in vitamin D. And vitamin D is one of the most, all of the vitamins important, but vitamin D affects everything. So it protects your bones, heart disease, diabetes, cardiovascular. So you don't want to be deficient in that. Get it checked. If it, your, your vitamin D level is uh, below 40, then you need to get supplements. And so you want to check with your doctor about that. How, how, if it's like a 15, then you need to be getting like 50,000 units uh, a week times 12 weeks and then get a recheck again. Mm. It'd be a good idea to just check with your doctor. You can take at least a thousand units on a, on a daily basis uh, right now because they, they find that it's helping with the COVID. Um, so you want to make sure that you boost up your vitamin D level. Uh, you want to get a TSH, a thyroid stimulating hormone. That's for women. Check that. A diabetes test. Everyone is, should be screened at least by age 45. Uh, that's another one. That, there are millions of people who are undetected who have diabetes. And so you definitely want to get that checked, especially if you have family members who are diabetic. Uh, you want to get that checked, and you want to get that diabetes under control. There um, um and making sure that you're connected with a nutritionist, an endocrinologist who's going to be regulating you, especially if you're going to be on insulin, to uh, regulate you. And please don't let the doctor tell you 130, 140, 150 blood sugars are okay. They're not. Mm. It should be below 120. That's the goal that you want to go to. Um, okay. the, the, some people say they don't feel well when it's below 120. Well, that's because they've gotten used to the blood sugar being so, and I, I make analogies as like Hawaiian punch, that stick you want to, uh, and so you don't know what it feels like to have it diluted. 
Mm. So you want to dilute that, put back to normal. You'll get used to it. Um, But you definitely have your changes with the eating. So you want to make sure that you're not eating a lot of white flour stuff. So white bread, white rice, those things, box food. You've got to read labels. Um, So you want to keep more to the fresh veggies. If you can't do fresh, then do frozen. Can you want to leave to the last thing? You don't want to do canned goods. That's sodium in there. Sodium, yep. Mm-hmm. And if they're not to have sodium, they don't have sugar in it. So you mm. want to watch, read the labels because uh, they're going to make, you're going to make the alternated. You're going to get a lot of sodium, or a lot of sugar in those box things and prepare things. So even for the the, the, the the frozen dinners that people like for convenience sake, read the label because a lot of those things, I'm not diabetic, I don't have high blood pressure, but I'm salt sensitive and I'm sugar sensitive. Mm. But it, it makes me bloat and it retains fluid. And I read those labels. You can't, it, there's, I don't think there's, I can't think of one label that I can't say I can eat this on a regular basis because they have too much sodium, but it's got too much sugar in it. So you definitely, so you want to cook for yourself. I know people that think that's a new commodity now, but mm. I live by myself, but I cook when I cook large amounts and I put it in serving package for myself. So, but I'm not a Sally. I'm not Susie Homemaker. I'm not doing a daily cooking. But I will make like a like in winter time. I make a big pot of soup, and I put that in packages. Um, and I, and I don't put extra salt. I use a lot of onion, bell pepper, garlic, um, and then just the seasonings, you know. So, um, and then if I use the um, the meat, then it, it may be a meat, but it's going to be for a whole pot. It's not because one little sausage has over 600, sometimes 900 milligrams of sodium in it. But if I put it in a large my gumbo pot soup, that's sprayed out. So I'm not oh, getting yeah. that concentrated salt in there. Um, again, get the frozen vegetables. And I cook a big pot of greens. I like mixing the greens, the collard, kale. And what type and of meat are you using in those greens to season those greens? I like smoked turkey, okay. uh, smoked turkey neck. Uh, uh, I do use ham hock, but, but I, I, and I boil it. Uh, and I use the water from the half hot. Um, so that's what I use mostly. Okay. All right. Well, I got to say, that was certainly. Um, well, I got a couple more. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. got mammograms, pap smears, prostate cancer screening. Um, so those are the, the main ones. Sorry, and, I got, I got, sorry, I tried. Oh, no, that's good. Stuff, that's all right. You read on the list again. So blood pressure, the lipids, colonoscopy, vaccine, vision. Periodontal, hearing, bone density, vitamin D, TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone, diabetes, mammograms, pap smear, prostate cancer screening. And oftentimes we're taking our loved one to the doctor for various things throughout the year. So maybe there's a way to try to make sure we're paying attention to our own things as well. Or as you were talking about earlier, getting some respite having someone else come in and help take care of your loved one. And during that time, that's when you can go and start to do some of these other things. Well, that has been a wonderful, wonderful sharing of information. Let me just um, close out with one, a couple more questions. One is any advice to somebody who is new to caregiving in terms of anything they need to be looking out for uh, any kind of red flags in terms of their own stress and whatnot that they may want to pay attention to as they're embarking on this journey of caregiving? Yep, you want to just make sure that um, 
again, okay, AFM style enough, get your own support group for yourself mm-hmm. when you're caregiving. Um, you want to, I don't know, we're running out of time, yeah. but you want to um, um, be aware of the state of mind for your, your, your loved one, making sure that they get their physical exam too, because sometimes physiological stuff can happen uh, with the, with your, your loved one. So making sure if they if the age is going out of whack, it could be because the electrolytes are out of whack. Mm. They become dehydrated because a lot of elders don't drink enough, they're not eating enough fluids. So um, don't just think that they're just acting funny because they're acting funny. There may be a reason for that. That's so right. I would stress make sure that you get them checked out as well um, for physical baby, even if they've been if, even if they've been to the doctor two weeks ago. If you see a strict deviation of their, their behavior, then they need to be be followed up by the doctor because something else could be going on with with your with your loved one. If you're finding yourself having changes in your eating habit, difficulty eating or sleeping, then you need to step back and see what's going on with you. Take a take a, a head to toe check and see what I'm holding in any stress and what I'm growing any residual from everyday living. You need to be talk to somebody then you want definitely want to do that. So I mean, we can finish this conversation another time. I know you yeah. want to get done, but there's a lot more right. to talk, talk about. Yes, we are going to have to have you back and do a part two so that we can get into more details. But I want to thank you, Nurse Tanner, for taking the time and talking with us today. There's a lot of information there. I hope you had your notepads out. If not, go back, listen to this, get some notes because she dropped some very specific information and some numbers about some of those screenings. What you want to have as your goal may not listen to the doctor and tell you that your 140 over 90 is okay. Maybe you want to yourself do better now that you know better. So that's it for this week, folks. Thank you all for tuning in to Dementia in Black and White. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson. Until next time, take care of your loved one for sure. But also, as you've heard today, take care of yourself. That's even more important. Until next week, I'm out.